0: Welcome back to the Animation Broadcast and Cinema Show. Uh, I'm Bo Allen.
1: I'm Jacob Rodier.
0: And we have a special guest joining us this week. You may know him from The League, Black Monday, Slice, Big Mouth, The Good Place, Veep, Curb, Real Brothers, Real Bros of Simi Valley, and tons of other places, in like his, places like his podcast, Unspooled, and How Did This Get Made. It is Paul Scheer.
2: What's up, guys? So excited to be here. And we
0: are really excited to have you on. Yeah. Um, so this year has been a lot better for movies uh, than 2020. A lot more stuff coming out on streaming and in theaters. And Yeah, like, I
2: mean, Paw Patrol <laughs> finally got up on the big screen. I mean, you know, it's so cool to see those dogs get their due. You know, so many movies, you know, they can't go from TV to the big screen. But, man, <laughs> Paw Patrol, they just knocked it out of the park, the drama. And I thought they were able to do some stuff they weren't able to do like in the TV show, like the sex stuff was while graphic. I also thought it was like, really, I, I bought it and you know, and, and I know a lot of people say, Oh, it's violent or, you know, it's like Titane, but it's, I, I do believe that like that the violence there is a, for a reason. So, I mean, whatever. I know there's a lot of critics out there, but uh, yeah, you got to check out Paw Patrol. I mean, adventure Bay fully realized, beautiful, you know, really, really cool. It's been on my list forever. I got to check it out. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, it's always good when a TV show can just make its uh, fans proud.
2: You know, a lot of the times, you know, you don't see the TV show going to the movie. You see a reboot or something like this. but this is the full characters. It's everybody. They're all there. The Everest, you know, it's like we're getting to see uh, all the, you know, the mayor and her chickens. Everyone's coming to play, and that's it's that's, that's exciting as a fan.
0: Uh, so besides Paw Patrol, what else have you seen this year that you've really enjoyed?
2: Wow, this year. Mm-hmm. what a way to kind of kick it off well i feel like <laughs> my first foray back into the theater right. was with a bang and that was uh, fast nine i feel mm-hmm. like that was the only way to get back in was to see that crew together because that to me was when i knew shit had gone south with covid when fast and furious it was very early I feel like it was in March of last or when we when the pandemic started, they were like, uh, we're, we're pushing for like a year and a half. And when you know that the family is getting out of town, like <laughs> you knew like, oh, we're going to we're going to be in for it. So yeah, like, they were that,
1: one of the first ones who really pushed it super far in advance.
2: Yeah. So that that got me that got me worried, uh, you know, but, um, you know, so that they were the, the clarion call to be like, guys, this is not good. And then to kind of have them bookend it, like as vaccines were getting out there in the in the marketplace, uh, it was a great it was a great way to kind of kind of go back in.
1: Yeah, great family yeah. movie.
2: Yeah, great family movie.
0: <laughs> a lot like Paw Patrol.
2: Yeah, I mean, Paw Patrol. You know, that's more of an adult, like in a more yeah. of an adult, like uh, <laughs> sexually charged action film. Yeah, but um, you know, it's been interesting because I feel like there's been so many good things back. In the theater, but also for me, I'm a parent. I have a five year old and a mm-hmm. seven year old, so getting to the theater in a casual way is not easy for me. I have to make a lot of plans. I have to pay people a lot of money, <laughs> you know. So I've been enjoying like the ease of getting to watch whatever I want on any streaming platform, you know. So whether it is like Halloween Kills or you know, I look, I'll watch Cry Macho. There's no way. In the world, I'm seeing Cry Macho in the theater. But you put that on HBO Max, hell yeah, I'm going to hit play on that. Both saw it, opening night. I saw it. Oh, yeah. I saw
0: it day one. I just, I like going to, I, it's, I think for me, and it's, you know, I don't have a child, obviously, and yeah, um, I just miss going to the theater so much that I'm kind of more willing, I think, to do that, but... Um, from what I've heard, like for parents and stuff who really enjoy m- movies, it's a lot easier than, you know, finding a sitter or getting the whole family there and definitely a lot cheaper.
2: Well, you know, to me, it's also like I will make exceptions for the ones I really want to see. I want to see Dune and IMAX. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't care if I know if I'm going to like it or not. I just like I want to experience it that way. Same thing for The Matrix uh, and Bond. I haven't seen Bond yet because I'm waiting for a moment that I can go mm. and see Bond during the day um, or at night, whenever I can figure it out. But I wanna see it the right way in a theater. I, like Not that there's an option another way. But Halloween right. Kills, I'm so fine with watching that at home because I feel like horror movies actually work way better on a small screen. Like I think mm-hmm. in the movie we're gonna be talking about today too, it's like there's, there's a fear factor Uh, Not the Joe Rogan edition that comes in (laughs) where you are uh, you are fully. I think you get scared more. You're oftentimes home alone or, you know, it's nighttime and there's something about watching a movie alone. I thought the silent or the quiet place was great Mm -hmm. to watch at Mm. home just because it's like it forces you. I don't know. It just makes it. It plays into all the fears and I think it makes it a little bit more unnerving.
1: Yeah, when you're in your theaters, it's more of like a community experience. Like I feel like when I see yeah. horror movies in it's like I'm la- I'm like scared with everyone, so I'm like I'm more comfortable. And I'm not exactly. like, spooked when you're at home, just kind of sitting there by yourself on the couch.
2: And there's like a relief to it. Like I saw um, Us, I saw Us and Get Out on opening night mm. in New York City. Both times they have this beautiful theater or beautiful nice theater on Forty Second Street. <laughs> I saw like the midnight shows of those, and those movies are so fun. Like those are like a like, uh, not that like they're light, but they're more fun. So like when the audience is into it, it's really good. But I feel like with Halloween, although there's a lot of kills in this one, I'd be curious to see the difference. But for me, the uh, the quiet place, like I don't want to hear anybody like getting into popcorn at a moment where I'm right. Fully, I mean, that's a very specific idea, but... No, I saw uh, it
1: opening night, Quiet Place. People are munched on popcorn during those quiet yeah, scenes. Yeah, you need... It you totally need takes co- you out of it.
2: Yeah, you need those little moments. So, yeah, there's been a lot that I haven't seen, but there's been a lot that uh, I have seen too. I mean, if I had my druthers, I'd be just like binging on these movies. But because I do these podcasts where I watch so many movies every week, also, I'm just like... it. Like, I... Love what I do for the podcast, but sometimes I'm like, I need to make room for these new films as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, we only do one movie a week, but even still, like, I feel like I'm sacrificing that for maybe a movie that is a little bit older that I haven't seen yet or something new that's coming out that I've missed. Like I have had to, I've chosen a bunch of movies recently over Titane, which I need to go see. Oh yeah, man.
2: I keep trying to get by to see it. It's incredible. I can't wait. I just saw Raw for the first time Mm -hmm. i never saw raw and that's the director's uh first film i believe after the shorts and it's you know that movie was so interesting to me because i guess you can classify it as a horror film but it really is so much more than that it really is very much like a car wreck in in Mm -hmm. the sense that you are like you're watching something that is like engaging but revolting and Titillating on some level, but also like it feels wrong. And like there's so many things going on. It's like such a beautifully disturbing, fucked up movie. But I've heard that Titan is even crazier. But then it like kind of plants a seed in you, and and a couple of days later, like oh, I think that movie was genius. But Getting through it is a is an intense experience I've heard.
1: Yeah, all the emotions that you get from Raw is just like amplified in Titan, like times ten Ooh. basically. Oh god, it, I don't know if I could do it. it. Takes you in all different directions. <laughs> it's it's wild. That's all I can um, say.
0: One really interesting movie that is something that I think kind of did the plants a seed thing that Jacob and I like uh every few weeks, even though it's been months since we've watched it, uh we watched when we both saw it at several times, Annette. And like mm. every Oh man, Annette every, is
2: amazing. I love Annette. I still don't know what weeks, I think about that movie.
0: Well, like like last week I watched it like in August and like last week I texted Jacob and I was like, Man, I think I really like that movie. Like I, I can't <laughs> stop thinking about it.
2: Well, you know what I think it is is there is such that movie is so interesting from the get go. Mm-hmm. But because you haven't seen anything like it, it, it sort of It's jarring. Yeah, it's yes. jarring and it it breaks what we understand like movies to be. And I think, you know, the thing that I've been railing about to anyone who will listen is, I'm just tired of these indie dramas that are always like the same mm-hmm. thing. It's like people in a house doing something. There's no style. There's no anything. It's just like it's almost like watching someone's acting reel on some level. Mm. Like there are some great ones in there, but I feel like we've gotten a little stagnant in pushing the envelope in independent film like that's what it used to be like it used to feel like or at least when I was watching it growing up it didn't feel mainstream but now a lot of independent film film uh, feels mainstream to me and I don't like that vibe I feel like it should be like you know Annette and it should be like Titane and not that it all has to be insane and wild but just the reason why you got no financing isn't because It's like a movie that no one wanted to make it. It should be like, because no one understood what you were trying. Like, Mm, it needs to be pushed. I think it needs to be pushing boundaries. I don't know. It's, um, I get excited by that. I mean, I did a movie that took place in a house called Happily um, Mm -hmm. that Ben David Grabinski did. And that movie is like, to me, I think in many respects, like a big fuck you to that type of filmmaking. Cause he shot it in a house. It has great cast. It's like Steven Root, uh, Natalie Morales, Joel McHale, mm. Carrie Boucher, um, myself, John Daly, Charlene Yee. Wow. Um, but it's like, it has all the elements of that, like kind of a big house movie, but then it's through the lens of like a David Lynchian, like, uh, well, I should say that's it's through the lens of like a David Lynch film. It feels like it's like it feels bizarre or Twilight Zone-esque. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you can still do cool shit without a lot of money. It's just a matter of like, can you get everybody on board to to make it? I, I, I don't know. That stuff makes me I just want to see more of that. I want to see more things that are challenging that I don't know if I like when I when I walk out.
1: I'm totally with you on that because I'm still thinking about Annette to this day. I'm still thinking about Titan to this day. Like, it stays in your mind.
2: Yeah, and it's like, and I think there's so many other ones that you're just like, oh, that's fine. Like, I think the 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 worst thing about a dramedy is like a dramedy or is when done like Nicole Hofcenter, uh, mispronouncing her name, Hofcenter. Uh, when she makes a film, like that's a, an amazing dramedy. Normally, it's got mm-hmm. great moments of drama, some amazing moments of comedy. I would put. Um, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting his name um, The guy who did Squid and the Whale uh, Noah Baumbach. like yep. Noah Bombeck mm-hmm. is able to do dramedy like, But I think so many people Use the term dramedy to be a catch-all To be like, hey, it wasn't actually very funny uh, But that wasn't <laughs> supposed to be It was supposed to be dramatic But it's actually not that dramatic either It's just sort of like this middle-of-the-road thing Or like, I just left kind of, How can I even critique it? Because if it's not right. trying to be one or the other It's like, I don't know I, that, you know, I, I just get into, uh, yeah I can spiral about it, those stuff.
0: Those so stuff. what I'm gathering is you want the baby in that tour documentary with the wooden dog. I
2: get it in there. Let's do it. No, I mean, but it's it's fun. And I, I mean, look, I'll even bring it out to like a bigger point of view too. It's like, this is what I love about DC. and um, Yes. You know, I know a lot of people have different ideas about what DC is, but like DC allowing directors just to go make their own shit. Like, mm. great. Like, uh, like, I love James Wan's Aquaman. I know Mm -hmm. people may have a different opinion of him, but like that's fully a unique thing. And uh, and you know the same way, it's like 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 I like the Joker was not my cup of tea, but but I appreciate it. Like I'm like good, you made this thing that you didn't have to answer to anybody about, and that's yeah, it was different.
0: Yeah, that's uh, like the all the. I think at first the DC stuff seemed super unappealing because like the concept of like a it, it might not even be a multiverse. Maybe they're just loading out these characters for directors to use for their own vision. But I think like the more Marvel does the multiverse, the more like we're going to see Michael Keaton's Batman and Robert Pattinson's yeah. Batman, which could be cool. But also like if they were to keep it completely separate and just keep telling like these one shot stories, I think like DC could find a lot of profit that way. Cause Marvel, I think has the universe stuff cornered pretty much.
2: Well, I think that like it, you know, and I don't know much about, the inner workings of DC but I will right. say like Marvel's architect is clearly Feige yes. and mm-hmm. the, the fact that we don't know who DC's architect is I guess you can say it's Jeff Johns but it's like he's not the same way that you look at Feige it's like there's yeah. no like there's a figurehead at Marvel there's no figurehead at DC and I think the figurehead is just like cool people making things in a playground And it's like yeah make five Batman movies Who gives a shit like you don't have like it's just like because if they're interesting and good, you'll, you can enjoy them. They don't have to all exist. They don't have to, you know, um, make sense. And I think you can get to do like James Gunn's Suicide Squad is like, great, you can make an R-rated movie and do all the stuff that we love in Guardians, but Marvel will never make, let him make a movie even that graphic. You know, so it's like it's fun. I, I I like that idea that it's really in the director's hands.
1: Yeah, even all the animated stuff that DC is doing, like Marvel's finally dipping their toes in that now with like What If, but DC is yeah. just incredible with that stuff.
2: Well, I think that, that Mar- I think that like Marvel's problem maybe will be that it all has to fit in the in the pocket where like you can have a great show like Harlequin um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and it's so funny and it's so bold, but it doesn't have to attach to anything. Margot Robbie doesn't do a voice, it doesn't make it, it's nothing, you know. And even when we did, I did a documentary for Disney Plus about Brute Force, which is an mm-hmm. old Marvel thing. And basically it was going to be like an A team, but with like um, animals that had been experimented on. Mm-hmm. And it, while like people really enjoyed the doc and it really like it got uh, watched a ton, one of the things that we got in the feedback was like, because people wanted to develop it into a series. it was like, "Well, but it doesn't fit into our Marvel like our Marvel universe." And that and, and there's something to be said for that because I think there's a quality control now that's happening at Marvel that is good, but it's also going to be it's going to be a little bit more limited, but if the quality's good, you're not going to mind it. Whereas DC, you can do anything and 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 if you see one bad DC movie, you'll go see the next one because you're like, "Oh, it doesn't make a difference because they're not even connected." Right, the you know the best thing in the world was that Zack Snyder got left, mm-hmm. you know, to just kind of break his hold on it. Even though I think he has he had a good idea for what it should be, but I mean that makes it way better.
0: The but also I think that also has kind of turned into a little bit of a problem because I like with the Wonder Woman stuff and the Aquaman stuff, like, and even the uh, the Snyder cut that came out, that all was part of that original continuity. And now, like, the big question is, will they try and keep that going? Like, the end of the Justice League movie had people really intrigued and wanting to see more of that. Or do you think they're just going to say, nope, it's all separate now. We're just going to make movies with fun characters.
2: I I think it's going to be the other version. I think that, I I mean, it seems like it. There was, like, a momentary push. But then, like, I think when uh, HBO Max, like, released the numbers of who even watched the Snyder Cut, it was like, oh, wow, like, almost double the amount of people watched mortal Kombat: annihilation, <laughs> yeah. you know? So it's like, Oh, okay. Like this is a niche thing. And I think that they, I think the studio fell victim to, um, like niche, like, you know, they, they released the sign up. And they did they spent all this money on it. But I think at the end of the day, not that many people really did care about it. And I think that like, uh, I did, I was interested just yeah. out of curiosity, but, um, I would love to see him continue that. Like, just make Zack Snyder continue to make his weird movies with those characters and do his own thing. Like, great. Like, and I think now that they can just break it apart, everyone can be in their own, their own, you know, world. Right.
0: Um, speaking of, you know, James Wan and Aquaman, another movie that we talk about a lot
2: on here is Malignant. Have you seen Malignant? I did. We actually just did a how did this get made about Malignant? Um, really? yeah. And you know, I'm curious what you guys think about Malignant, but to me, this is like, what we were said, like James Wan, I love James Wan only because there's something about him as a filmmaker that seems like he's excited to make films. Um, You know, and it's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to be weird. I'm going to like Aquaman. I just go back to Aquaman for a second. Like it felt to me like Aquaman was made by a 12 year old who just heard about aquaman he's like yeah and then there'll be a a, a octopus playing the drums but the drums are made out of fire and it's all underwater and it's like it's like axe cop you know it's a great description you know and it's like but that opening sequence of nicole kidman fighting those like stormtroopers full of water or whatever Mm -hmm. it was i'm like this is visually interesting this is cool and you know malignant is batshit crazy i think the only problem with malignant ultimately is uh it's too long like it like it it dangles this mystery for too long before the reveal and I think you make that movie like an hour and thirty minutes and it's a better it's just a better movie because of length, not because of style or, or anything
1: else. Yeah, that's what my problem was with this. It was just, I felt that the beginning was just way too long and when once the third out came along, I'm like, I want more of that, the whole movie. Yeah. Yes.
2: I'm like, and it's like that I want more of that like once you get into the prison or whatever it is, like, yeah, or even even starting the bathtub sequence. Like it just like it was a lot of misdirects for no reason. It's like I don't care. And and I was talking about this. Like I don't know if you guys have saw this movie, but there's a movie called Daniel Isn't Real, which plays within the mm-hmm. in because the, they play with this idea. Oh, maybe it's her imaginary friend coming to to kill, right? Or or you know. And that's what Daniel isn't real is. And It's uh, made by this director Adam Egypt Mortimer, and it stars Patrick Schwarzenegger. Mm. And I saw it in South by Southwest, and it is so good. It's so dark. It's so weird. But it's like, the idea is like that. This guy, uh, you know, opens up his um, his childhood like um, dollhouse where his uh, his imaginary friend has been locked up. It's very much like Drop Dead Fred, but uh, you know, scary. It's okay. great. The, so,
0: the first time I watched Malignant, I was pretty sucked in and didn't really notice the length issues. The second time right. I watched it, I was a few weeks later, and I watched it with my girlfriend because I was like, you got to watch this. It's fucking crazy. And at around an hour in, she was like, oh, is the, is the monster on the back of her head? And I was like,
2: shit, oh. how did you get, oh, like... Oh, wow. And
0: then, so I totally get, like, how they need to, like... Push it up a little bit and get there because the reveal like was ruined for her. She was like, "Oh, I called." Yeah, it. I kept trying to be like, "No, that's not. That's not it. That's not it." I was so that's mad. Hilarious. I will say though, James Wan, a hundred percent, super creative. The Aquaman fight scene in like the Italian city and the police station scene with those spinning cameras and everything—that was amazing, happened. incredible. Yeah. And then also, I don't even know how you think to have that freaking monster on that girl's back when the, i
1: know when, yeah the design when, was so cool
0: When the, the way it walked too. around oh god in the <laughs> in the like old vhs tapes when the camera like came around and you saw it with its little arm oh my that scared the hell out of me
2: cool yeah it, well i think that they like again it's like i think we've like left this idea like we've at least as, as someone who writes in this world and, and is developing things all the time, like I think we are, de- we are, at a certain point, not training our development executives enough to ask the right questions. So I think a lot of the times, we are the development execs always are asking these questions, make these characters more likable, make it realistic. Why is it happening? What's going on? and especially with horror like you got to like who cares i don't care i really don't care like just give me enough of a of a through line that like i just need a line to just connect the dots right like mm. big right that makes sense and then let's go from there because like yes and we did on on how this get made like break down like, the logic of malignant Is weird because they they never get into why malignant can uh, control electricity like oh yeah (laughs) why you set this up so clearly but then you don't like pay it off like um I don't mind that you don't understand like why the Gabriel I guess I I call it malignant but why malignant has like a hat and jacket like what like you know like you know we don't like but again I don't like I don't need to get into those like that nitty gritty details like um but. Like, I just feel like we're in, a, in an attempt to, like, justify everything and make everything so grounded. We lose some of, like, this, like, who gives a shit? Like, again, magnets and Fast 9. I'm not sitting there questioning <laughs> that. I don't give a shit. Like, 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 those magnets come to town. Like, you know, uh, like, it I think we have to, like, have a good suspension of disbelief just because if we make everything grounded, then it's real. And if it's real, then who cares? Like, we don't have everything it needs to be real. You know, some things can just be wild.
1: Yeah, that's the nice thing about the Fast and Furious franchise. If they have gotten to that point where they're so self aware where they can do those crazy things now and people love it.
2: Yeah. Well yeah, it's like it's like the, the writer of that, Dan Casey, like, you know, I think he like is a fan, he gets it. Like you just we wanna have fun. I think mm-hmm. that like, you know, it's like why aren't we just having more fun in in current movies? Like I wanna see more like again, just and that to me, like is how I feel about like I mean, raw is not fun, but it's like a wild, it's like a wild thing. It's like we, we can try to do these things that are, that are just like, we don't need to explain it fully. Like, okay, what do we need to explain? Like, why do we need to like, you know, I don't know. I, it, it's just like, a, it's been something that I feel like everything gets so noted to death and the things that pop and the things that work and the things that people really respond to are, unlikable characters done well or you know things that don't make 100% sense but like obviously Malignant got everybody talking that's all you need to do like make a fun crazy horror movie like then walk away from it that's what it is it's not you know you're not creating like Anna Karenina like you don't need to like make it last forever and ever and ever you know there will be great ones there'll be The Exorcist and then there'll be like you know um, ghoulies like whatever I don't, you know it's like just get me through the next 90 minutes because it'll be fun exactly
0: Uh, uh when i'll never forget when they did one of those crazy moves in fast nine with the magnets like i've had some really shitty theater experiences because i mm-hmm. think everybody got so used to watching them at home like i've had people like on their phones and like talking out loud during movies oh god but i remember one guy was sitting in the same row as me in uh, f9 and he's looking at his phone and like the magnet like pulls two cars through each other or something and he just looks up and he goes what the fuck and i was <laughs> ah, such a great hilarious. moment Oh, love my it. God. Um, so what movies are you looking forward to coming out soon?
2: Well, uh, you know, I think I talked about a couple of them. The Dune right. and the Matrix, Dune. obviously, yeah, are are Matrix. really big ones that I feel like I'm very, very excited for. Like, I right. feel like those are the ones that have been sitting on the shelf for a bit or, you know, or at least been teased for a while. Um, gosh, what else is, like, is coming out that I feel like there are some... I'm just like, I'm trying to think, oh, well, you know, I'm a big Marvel fan. Right. So I want to, I'm excited to see the Eternals. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see, you know, uh, I mean, I, uh, the, the new Spider-Man, is that, is that even there? Yeah, that one's like on the horizon. Like, Cause there's December. also like, I'm reading about all this sort of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm like what is close and what is not close? Cause it's like right now I'm like, oh yeah. Like I want to see Ant-Man too, but I think that's still even filming or like, you know, it it's just like, got, I don't even got pushed yeah back
0: recently. I think it might be yes. done. Everything just got moved back a month yeah mu- I mean
2: Multiverse of Madness like I can't wait to see that I'm excited to see House of Gucci mm. um, oh. uh, I, the, the new uh, the Kingsman like the, the third one in that series I'm mm-hmm. excited about that um, interested in Top Gun don't know how I feel about it yet but I'm yeah, me, me. Uh, I, I could I could be swayed I'm always like been delayed a lot, a lot, a lot too. too yeah it's been delayed a ton and I think you know to me what I think is interesting about that uh that movie is you know Christopher McQuarrie got brought in to kind of help I think shepherd the end of it or a lot of it and I love Mission Impossible I can't wait for those two movies too oh yeah um you know uh but I so I'm curious if Top Gun is good I don't know we'll see I don't know
0: um I know French Dispatch comes out this week I need to find a time to see that I can't wait for that
2: I'm curious about French Dispatch um I love Wes Anderson, and I feel like sometimes he can get really, really into the weeds, mm. um, and, and where I walk away going like, oh, I like these elements of that movie, but I don't yeah. love that movie. I, have, I don't know if I've fully loved a Wes Anderson movie since Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm. like, 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 I've appreciated, Like, I like a lot of things about Isle of Dogs thought that was interesting Mm -hmm. um you know i'm trying to think of what else he's made in that time but um you know there there are these things where i'm like oh oh that's the other one i'm looking forward to is that black licorice or whatever oh pta uh, pta pta yeah
0: cool that's gonna be fantastic i yeah had you uh watch trailers i know i haven't i've been avoiding like the posters and stuff for that because i don't even want to see it like i don't Um, want to ruin
2: it yeah, no. I uh, I watch a trailer for that. I'll watch a trailer for stuff like that because I feel like people like uh, PTA are so uh, obsessed with how their stuff is marketed right. that uh, that they're not gonna mess it up. Like they're not going to um, let somebody wreck it. So I feel like I can that that's a lot of interesting imagery put together as to, a uh, music that doesn't feel to me like. Um, like I got, I like I'm like, oh, that just got me excited for like what this okay. looks like, but I know nothing about it.
0: Well, maybe I'll watch that trailer. I know I've been dodging the Dune trailer, the newest one. I saw like. I
2: I have mi- I've missed that. I I've, I've missed the Dune trailer too. I only watched a little bit of it when I was, um, what because it was airing before Secession. Mm, uh, yeah. Like it, they, you know, they have that like little pre-roll.
0: Yeah. Um, I heard the newest one like gives a bunch of stuff away in like the trailer. They usually oh, do. I mean, like, like, I feel yeah. like the
2: second and third trailers of movies,
1: they always just start giving little things yeah. away like that.
2: Yeah, my, my friend told me an interesting thing. He's a uh, director. And we were talking about how they wreck jokes, right? And oh, yeah. Especially like, well, comedy. Like? Yeah. And we're, I'm like, what is, like, what is the – what's the theory behind that? And he was like, you know, they have research that basically says like If you see a joke in a theater or in a trailer and you laugh at it, then you go to the movie wanting to see that joke again. Like, it's not like, oh, that made me like because he he was saying, like, I want to put in jokes in the trailer that we don't use in the movie that are just essentially like these are like they're the alts. So you will laugh hard at that. He said, but people get people get mad. Like, they're like, oh, no, 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 wow. I, I came because I wanted to see the guy get hit with the golf ball and the nuts. Like, that's why I'm here. I, like, And I thought that was an interesting point of view, because my whole thing was like, I would love to be laughing at the trailer and then, and then go in and just, you know, see. Yeah, whatever, like,
1: I see in a trailer, I want to see more of that.
0: Not the same thing. Yeah. You know, now that yeah. I think about it, um, I remember when the original Justice League came out, a bunch of people were mad because, like, Cyborg in the trailer, like, moves a cop out of the way of a car and says, like, you should probably move or something. And people yeah. were mad that that wasn't in it.
2: I remember... Right, well, yeah. I mean, you remember, like, the Rogue One trailer was just full of mm-hmm. uh, of stuff, you know? Um, that was just like, wait, wait, hold on. And, like, none of that stuff is in there at all.
0: Right, that's weird. I never thought about that. Um, one movie I noticed... Oh, yeah, so- if
2: you, you, you can see, like, there's a lot of stuff online where you can literally watch it. Every... Like somebody edited EPK footage, trailer footage, commercial footage of all the stuff that's not in Rogue One, like the original ending. And it's, you can kind of get a sense of what it is.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, wow. wow. Um, I noticed you left off, I think, what might be the biggest horror movie of the year that comes out in November uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog. because that dog <laughs> I
2: is... am ready to see that dog. It looks I can't terrifying. wait. Are you kidding? He's that... so big. I, I'm in the middle of trying, uh, of putting together. I'm I'm really trying to break down how tall he is. So I'm in the middle of like of working that. <laughs> Clifford out right has now. to kill I
1: mean. at least two people in that movie.
2: At least. I mean, the Clifford, if he can carry a sewer grate in his mouth, <laughs> he, you know, he's he, he can't you can't trust that dog. You can't. That's not a city dog. That's a that's a suburban dog. If anything.
0: A massive CGI puppy. I mean, I, I would have preferred they didn't try and make it look so realistic. I would have preferred more cartoonish because it is freaky at certain points in that trailer. I, I'm,
2: all, I'm also like, do we need it? No. Like, do we need like? Here's the thing. There's so I'll much say stuff I have we don't f-
0: need too though.
2: Like, I know it's like, do that animated, do it like. It's interesting. It's more interesting animated. Mitchell versus the Machines is one of the best oh animated God. films I, I saw. That. Like, yeah, so great. Uh, and it was like so fun and so big and it's like. Like, there's so much fun stuff you can do in animation. This idea of like morphing like CGI creatures and stuff like that, it's like it kind of takes the fun out too because mm-hmm. I don't know, who gives a shit? But, but I guess the way, where I fall on a lot of this stuff lately has been I have a five year old and a seven year old. So I right. know what they're watching and I know what they're into. And look, I may be into Star Wars, but they're not really into Star Wars. Maybe The Mandalorian, but we haven't really watched that yet with them. Um, they're younger and I know what they read and what is even put in front of them to read. They're not reading Clifford the Big Red Dog. Like, yeah. that's for us. Like, yeah. you know, or or not us. I mean, me, not even you guys. Like, it's like like these are old ass properties. Like, I love the Muppets. I legit think they are great. But mm-hmm. my kids have no desire or interest in the Muppets. It's like, really? I don't care. Because it's sort of like it's not it it's not like to their style or taste or anything. It's just like it's 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 a remnant or a you know, it's it's just an older property. You know, they're more interested in a lot more current things. You know, that are you know, like I don't know. I just feel like, but we try to relaunch these things in the in their old format. And I always think to myself like, that's just for the adults. That's for the adults' nostalgia for the adults to bring their kids there, and hopefully their kids will like it. But <laughs> my kids are way more into Minions or you know, Oof. Total Transylvania or you know, they love Mitchells versus the Machines. Like they yeah. like they're That's what they. What they understand is animation. What they understand is like entertainment. Is you know that, that there are things that cross over, but it's weird to like be like you know Clifford. And my kids are no, <laughs> we don't. There's no Clifford in our house. There's no Clifford book in our house. Piggy and Gerald sure, but Clifford not so much. I,
0: I feel like Clifford was on all the time when I was growing up, and then I don't. I guess I don't know if it's on anymore. That's weird to think. I don't about, think though. it is. Yeah, that's a weird. It's choice. our old shit. Huh. Yeah. Um, kind of circling back real quick to the like you know, a lot of a good animation is really good. I think nothing makes me more upset than when like somebody sees something that's like great animation, like into the spider verse. And they're like, all right, when's the live action going to happen? And I'm like, let animation yeah. be animation, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's such a great medium. And I
2: know it's like, yeah, it's like, it, it's, and we love, we love that medium, but it's like, we try to change it and like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, Clifford the Big Red Dog was never conceived as like a live action thing. It's like, oh, right. like, it, like it, like it's playing with the idea of like drawing, and it's like that's the fun of it. It's uh, yeah. It's I mean, it's it's interesting. Yeah, putting him into <laughs> New York
1: City is a very
2: weird choice. Yeah, and I'm sure it's like, what is he like? Who is he with? Like uh, James Marsden. Like you know, <laughs> like like you know, like uh, although I will say like as I'm shitting on all this sort of stuff. I will say I really didn't enjoy Sonic. I thought Sonic mm. was actually pretty fun, uh, and especially fun for my kids, mm-hmm. like to watch. Like you know, I was like, "Oh, that's cool!" Like that. Like so. Yeah. So Clifford, uh, let's see. I'm looking at like when it was. I guess it's been on for a while on PBS. Um, I'm looking to see how old it is or when it stopped. <laughs> I Did um, not
0: have Clifford spinning off into this big of a topic, but it's a pretty yeah. good one.
2: I mean, basically, the Clifford on PBS was from two thousand to two thousand and three. Really? Yeah. That they also had a lot
1: of children's so books well. for it too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the children's books are huge, but I don't even know if they're like bestsellers. Like, it's like so they're not watching it. I I, I get the Scholastic it. book. You know, I get the Scholastic book things from my kids' school. Like uh-huh. it's, there's no Clifford books in there. Mm. Really? You know, it's like it's not like it's not on the top of mind. I guess is what I'm. You know. Yeah.
0: But I mean. I feel like that—that's happening more, like that Monsters University show. That's for, you know, that's for. Yeah, that's like my awesome. kids
2: love Monsters University. Oh, really? like, they love um, it. Yeah. Any new? Or toy, they did.
0: Any new Toy Story movie? I feel like that's all for people, you know, older that grew up with the Toy Story. Yes. Movies. Yeah. Same yeah, with yeah. the
1: Second Incredibles too.
0: Yeah. That. Yeah. That—that that came out, I think, when I was like a freshman in college, and it was all college students. It was no children. That's hilarious. There. <laughs> it was awesome. Although I don't really love that movie. Um,
2: yeah, I'm ex- I'm, I am I, I like the first one a lot more than I like the second yeah, one. But the, the second, second one, one has like like a lot of fun stuff in it, yeah.
0: Sounds mm, all right. All right. Um, do you have anything else new you want to hit on, or should we move on to the thing?
2: Let's move on to the thing. All right.
0: Jacob, you want to tell us who directed it, who's in it?
1: Yeah, so for those of you who don't know the thing, which you should by now, uh, this is John Carpenter, the legend, who's made uh, Halloween... Um, so actually, this is my first John Carpenter film I've ever seen. It's my first time watching Whoa. it, which is you just nuts. Said you,
0: should, you just said you should know about it, but this is your first time watching
1: it. Well, all my friends, in the, like you and everyone else, have just been saying, you got to watch it, you got to watch it. And it's my first time finally getting to watch it for the podcast, which is great. But yeah, it's my first experience with John Carpenter, which is, which is crazy. Uh, but yeah, this film is about um, a research team in Antarctica uh, that's hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of his victims. Um, and it stars Kurt Russell, Keith David, and Wilfred Brimley.
0: Yeah, it's definitely classic, definitely iconic. John Carpenter has a few movies like that. Um, well, if you are if
2: you if you are just getting into John Carpenter, I am so excited for you because John Carpenter is such I mean we're talking about these like interesting directors, and he is right. one of those really, really cool, very interesting, like voiced directors in the sense that, like, he makes all of his own music. It seems like he's going on the beat of his own drum. I have a, I love this podcast called the Blank Check Podcast. And right now they're in the middle of doing a whole, like, look at every one of his movies. Mm. So uh, if you start watching some John Carpenter, it's a good companion piece for you to listen to as you uh, jump in.
1: Yeah, I was yeah. blown away by this film. So I'm excited to get more interviews his filmography.
0: Um, we did uh, Halloween last week. And so, you know, and Jacob actually, you know, directs movie or short films right now and some music videos. And so I was like, oh, you're going to love Halloween because it's so low budget. And it's literally just like him and his friends going out, like making a horror movie and just having fun with it.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's so interesting. We were talking about this on Unspooled a little bit. The thing is, you know, like this, if you use like the save by the cat term, uh, which I don't yeah. know who is using that. But it's like it's a monster in the house right. movie, very simple, right? It's like, it's just, it's a very small cast. This thing is going on and it's done so well. And I was looking at The Thing and Alien and I was like, I think I like The Thing more than I like Alien. And I think mm. I like, like well, I think what I love about Alien is the design, the characters, and the world. But I think there's something way more scary about The Thing because The Thing is all about the the um, terror that you don't know the terror that looks like you you know this movie came out at a time when people were freaked out about AIDS right so there is an there's an element here where you can see like you know if I if I am you know at the at this point when people didn't know that much about AIDS it was like how do I know that you are that you're safe right how do I know like if I touch you will I get AIDS or do, if I have sex with you will I have AIDS and you only could tell from a blood test and so there's something really interesting about like the blood test scenario. Now obviously right. it's a remake, but I think that that this movie took on a deeper meaning and there is so much more of that I think what I what I like about the thing and why I think it resonates and holds up is because that dilemma, that argument that's going on here is so much more interesting than just a monster in the house. Like why is michael myers doing what he does because he wants to kill people like there's no like there's mm. no discussion like oh what can we do maybe if we like play a violin he'll relax same thing with alien it's like is fucking crazy ass aliens on here is going to kill everybody like so there's like there's like and this has the same idea it's like this thing is out to kill everyone but it adds this other level of like a human drama this like battle and this idea of you know I think the biggest fear that we always have, like, is it safe? Are you safe? Am I safe? Can I trust you? Can I not trust you? Like, and I think that that makes it uh, really, I think it just amps up the horror that you have.
0: Right. Well, but when it first came out, um, I pulled a couple quotes uh, from Roger Ebert because when it first came out, people did not like it. and
2: Yeah, they called it like a barf bag movie, right, or something Ebert like that? Ebert
0: said, it's a great barf bag movie. <laughs> he said, it's a great barf bag movie, all right, but is it any good? I found it disappointing for two reasons, the superficial characterizations and the implausible behavior of the scientists on that icy outpost. Um, but it, I I mean, and I was going through when I was looking up reviews about this stuff. I mean, everybody panned it. It was hated. But then, I don't know, 15 years later, there's a turn and it's a masterpiece now.
2: And Well, I think, it, yeah, I think it, we, we find this a lot on Unspooled. Sort of like it right. challenges a convention that you're used to. And I think that like a lot of the times people just assume like this comes out in 1982. So if you're thinking about like, this is probably at the time when Friday the 13th is like the first one has kind of come out, you know, I'm, I'm you know, that oh, part two came out in 81. Sorry, so, right, so yes. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's in like, in I'm sure that uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, like people are waiting for these kind of movies. And I think this unfairly gets like lumped in with all of those. Um, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street came out in 84, I guess. But the uh, but like it gets lumped into these like sh- kind of schlocky horror films. And I think as time has gone away, it starts to raise up. And I think it's primarily because of the performances in John Carpenter. I mean, like right. it, it isn't it isn't like a fly by night horror film.
0: Do you think it gets lumped into those more because it is, you know, more classically gory? Like I think I agree with you in that it's very similar to Alien. I think it definitely takes inspiration from Alien, but like yeah. Alien got a four star review from Ebert,
2: and like yeah, I, I wonder if it's like a sophistication, you know, because Alien's pretty pretty gory too. Yeah, no, I like I wonder if, right. it's, you know, it's like I think that there are certain directors like like you look at like um what call it um Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, no matter what he does, like, you're judging him against, oh, well, it's an Adam Sandler movie. It's like, right. it's very hard to go in and talk about an Adam Sandler movie without coming in with baggage. You know, and I think there's maybe something here where it's like, oh, this is just, you know, like, Kurt Russell isn't, Kurt Russell is like a B or C actor. We were talking about this at length on the uh, Blank Check podcast when wow. we talked about uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Like, he's not what we assume him, what we know him to be now too. It's like, oh, you couldn't get five other guys, so you got Kurt Russell. So it's like automatically certain things, I think, start to sway people. Like, oh, this is a janky, this is junky, junkie. And yeah, people just – people don't catch on sometimes.
0: Well, I think Ebert in particular – I mean, I look at his reviews a lot because of just yeah, his legacy. Great. I think it's so funny that he was so critical of like – the scientists in Antarctica's, like, strategies. Yes. Like, he, he was like, I don't like how they go off alone when they know they shouldn't, but, like, in Alien, you have people splitting up, and they're supposed to be, like, futuristic. Like, shouldn't they be smarter and know that? But he doesn't criticize that. It's really... Is So you think it's more of, like, a Ridley Scott versus John Carpenter director thing?
2: I don't know. I mean, I, I, the guy who knows? I, I feel like there's nothing... If you were to do a screening of alien Halloween and the thing uh you know they all are they all are of the same kind of ilk right like they all like I think that like right. I think the thing is probably ele- more elevated than Halloween as far as like the way it looks and and the in the acting and everything like that um Halloween's more iconic I think than all of them uh, although alien is also like this really like uh, yeah. I mean it's, it's interesting because it's like alien is like I guess like, I think iconic is like, because everyone's wa- running around with those like Mike Myers masks. It's like, you can't, it's hard to run around in like an alien <laughs> mask, right? Like, you know, like it's like, there. you know, it's like the, but the 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 Giger kind of drawings are amazing when we think about Sigourney Weaver. I don't know. I'm mixed on it all. I don't, I, I wonder why he thinks that because, but he, I'm sure he went and reviewed it or, you know, revised his he review. Did he did like, that, have, yeah. yeah. Yeah, did he, and which I love. Did he like have a reason like why he looked at it differently? I'd be curious.
0: Um, Look that up really quickly. When, when when was the first time you saw the thing? Did you remember? Do you remember?
2: Um, I probably saw it when I was in high school. Um, you know, everyone kind of talked about how uh how good it was, and I wasn't a big like scary movie person, so I feel like the thing mm-hmm. was a movie that wasn't as like scary. Like it it like I tended more towards like seeing movies like Psycho, um, and the thing, which yes had some gore in it, but wasn't um, you know, but wasn't um. Like like a slasher mm. film kind of a thing because I grew up I grew up more in the time of like Freddy and Jason. Right.
0: Uh, okay. Um, the th- he did not do a re a re, uh, a re review of the thing, which is really interesting. Not
2: that I. Yeah, can I mean, I, I just think you know maybe it was also in seeing this movie after this pandemic. We talk a little bit about being in the pandemic. Like right. there is this idea of like you know he, does this movie hit harder? Like I guess. What I think elevates it, and I'm going back to what I said before, which is like it's more universal than any other horror film in the sense that who can you trust? Not like in the sense of the monster. Who cares about the monster? Like what is it saying? And I think, that like, I think the underlying thing is like, you know, there's a panic. There's a fear. You act crazy. Like we've seen it happen time and time again in our, in our history as a country, as, you know, people. So it's like there is something so universal there. Like the chances that anyone can relate to an alien or a monster running around your house trying to kill you is a lot different than this, the panic of it's coming right, what do we do? And I think that that's sometimes, like I think that's a Cloverfield is kind of chasing after to a certain degree too. Like I I kind of, I like those smaller, I like people within something larger. Mm Um, you know right now yeah, also to add on to that i feel like
1: a lot of horror movies now they kind of let the audience in on what's happening so you, you kind of know what's about to happen you like you're sitting pointing at, like oh he's right behind you or whatever like that but this movie yeah. it kind of you don't know anything and you're kind of with the characters in the movie which is why you're kind of on edge the whole time
2: do you think that maybe people don't like this movie because it's too bleak like, it's a very, like, it, it's yeah. not a colorful movie. It ends in a pretty depressing way. Like, you know, at least in, like, the Freddy and Jason movies, like, the like the young girl gets away, you know, the final girl, like, that kind of, right. those, like, there's something heroic. Like, they defeated it. Like, the, the life is good again. And here it's a sort of, like, is Kurt Russell now? Is he a thing we don't know you know is, is he Just like a replicant them. or you know it's it, it feels to me very much like Blade Runner mm. in that sense too yeah. where it leaves you in this way where you're like oh I don't know I, I don't know how to feel about this like they lost I mean they essentially lost yeah yes. like even the, you know it's like you know so like that that could be a thing too like well, I'm, I'm bummed out by this
0: it's it's a very int- I think how people react to it tells you a lot about a person. Maybe like, yeah, it's it's a very interesting movie, and it always makes me think. One thing, I, I no matter what, no matter how many times I watch it, I also feel like I'm with Kurt Russell, like trying to figure out who's who. And, like, oh who, yeah, who it's
2: yeah, and it's amazing.
0: That's and I was talking to Jacob about this before we started. One of the biggest critiques of it, and something I always think about is like it's so hard to keep up with like who is a person and who is, you know, the thing or who is a thing. And Mm -hmm. it's, that's obviously on purpose. But one thing that kind of annoyed me is like, it's not very clear how someone becomes the thing, you know, or like how it absorbs somebody. It's because sometimes it's like an absorption, but sometimes like, it's like if the blood touches you. It's really weird. Well,
2: it's like, how do you, like, how do you know? Because, you know, it's like, it's, it's, um, this kind of we you know it's like the of stuff happens off screen and i think that that's what i love about it it's like that kind of you know that debate and you can and it you know it's very much like knives out Mm, you know in the sense of or or any of those kind of parlor mysteries but you are like it's it's a more active detective you know he's you know it's running around who may even be one of them at the end you know yeah what do you think about
1: the ending uh, do you think uh either carpenter or not sorry not carpenter um Kurt Russell, <laughs> Kurt Russell, and Keith David. Do you think either of them were the thing?
2: Well, so I know that Carpenter says one of them was. Oh, really? But then, yes, and but then he was also like, he let a game get made that said they right. both were human, mm. right? So, but then he was like, no, but actually, so he, I think, loves playing around with that, and I think in the sense of being a great director, like you should never, um, yeah, keep it ambiguous. Yeah, keep it ambiguous. Like, I love, like, not knowing. It's like, yeah, like, you should be able to fight over it. Like, we should go to a bar and argue why it is or why exactly, it's Exactly,
0: yeah. It. You beat me on that video game thing by a second. Uh. <laughs> um, all right, so the prop work on this stuff, the effects, oh, my God. It's amazing. That's what
1: blew me away about this movie. Because I, I, I went into this movie knowing it was an old movie and that the effects were going to be, eh, maybe all right. But then, once the first reveal—the monster, when the dog, when the dog like peels back and opens up and explodes—that blew me away. My jaw was on the floor the rest of the movie. I was just, un- it was just unbelievable how that was all practical and it looked incredible.
2: Yeah, the special effects in this are unreal, and I feel like we were in an era in the '80s of these amazing practical effects that really just blew your mind. And and it's like, like Stan Winston is a goddamn genius, right? And yeah. I would rather see any of his creations or a mix of creations like they did in Jurassic Park where, you know, you are watching... I think that whenever it feels real... I mean, Stan Winston did Aliens as well. Like, he's mm-hmm. done every great movie, but I think it's like you let these weirdos make their own, like, crazy-ass puppets. and And because they're puppets, they move in weird ways and they... They're, you know, they're just they're freakier and they're and they, when they're CGI, it's so hard to get that like, I wouldn't get that sense in CGI. Like, I mean, the only thing I kind of get when we're talking about malignant earlier is like you see a lot of like surgery and stuff like that. You can recreate that, mm-hmm. and but it's not like you know, I I don't know. But even that surgery seemed seem practical. So it's like, I don't know. I I, I it's just to me, uh, I want to see more. I just like practical stuff. I I just oh, like yeah. it so
0: much. Yes.
1: Yeah, I feel like with practical, I don't know CGI. You kind of, I mean, obviously the like monsters and stuff like that, you know, it's fake. But with practical, you just you feel it's real. You feel it's there with them the whole time.
2: Yeah.
0: Is uh, about the dog. Is there any like, is there anything that lets you know you're more in for like a horror movie, like in for a real ride, than when a dog dies?
2: <laughs> well, let's Multiple talk dogs. about that because I yeah, like I, I, I'm wondering if people couldn't handle that. That's it. I'm sure that you know
0: left a lot of people feeling really bad because i know the first time i watched it i was like oh those are some great looking dog." oh shit <laughs> like yeah it's it is that is one of the more fucked up things i think that leaves people with a bad taste in their mouth more than even the human stuff yeah which is usually how that goes And not even
1: the dog dying but just it's seeing transform into the monster seeing its face just get peeled back and just like almost explode Yeah, like that's that's horrifying to watch
2: yeah absolutely um,
0: I mean, John Carpenter at the beginning of Halloween, the, like the first, uh, kill with the mask on that we see is Michael Myers, like chokes out a dog. Like, Oh wow. You know, he does that a lot. And that was on, that was on screen too. you didn't see his, the hands around the neck, but the dog's legs start moving and you're like, Oh shit,
2: we're in, we're <laughs> we're here. Yeah. You're in, you're in, you like, shit's going to go bad. But yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's such a, yeah. Um, so have you seen the the prequel
0: remake?
2: I did see the prequel remake. Yeah. I can't remember much about it, but talking about something that doesn't need to be made, it's yes. like and, and you know and also like well, okay, I'd rather you remake the thing than you you're handicapped in a couple ways. You're doing this thing cuz it's at a Swedish research facility, right? Like that's Norwegian. where like uh, or Norwegian all right, so the movie's gonna be in subtitles, or is it not even? Or they do they? No, they. That?
0: That's, see, that's another thing is they had they started it off with like three Norwegian dudes in like a snowcat, and it falls, and they find the spaceship, and then they go get these American doctors to like come and oh. look at it. But also, all of the Norwegians, of course, can speak English, so Got it's it. in English so. most of the time.
2: Yeah, I I, I just feel like. Uh, I don't know. It's like also you know how it's going to end. You've literally – like you see right. the last shot of the movie as the first shot of the thing. It's like just remake the thing and, and you can switch it up. Like who is, who is – because all you really need at the thing – all you need, really need for the thing to work is just two people to survive. And the whole time you're debating whether or not who it yeah. is. And uh, I don't know why they went and did that. I don't know. And wasn't what all was the monsters of, uh, yeah. were
1: – the creatures were CGI, right?
2: Well, that's what we were talking – The I wanted to –
0: Coming to this from the CGI practical effects thing, I watched it earlier this week um, just because I was bored as hell and I was like, "We're doing this podcast, so it'll give me." No, a I love to talk it! About. Yeah, and so I was reading about it. All the monsters were CGI, which I hated, and then I found out that they hired like a special effects crew to come in and build these animatronics, and they screened a version with animatronics and like a little CGI to clean it up, and like people hated it apparently. Probably oh, for the same wow. reasons. And so they came in and they smoothed everything over with CGI. Didn't tell the special effects crew they were doing that. And the crew said it was just so depressing. Well. Like when they go watch oh. the movie. That I mean. That
2: is a bummer.
0: Oh. It's a terrible call to Because I feel like if you're doing that, whether it's a remake or a prequel, you've got to know that that's one of the big draws of the thing is the practical effects. That's the most talked yeah. about part. Besides the ending.
2: I know. And like, I, and did they not get Stan Winston to do it again? Like, you know, this movie, that movie came so. out, like, what, in 2011 or mm-hmm. something like that? Right. Like, did, like, you know, why don't you just get the original team? They, they're still around. You know, that's it's ridiculous. like. But, um, you know, and
0: talk about remakes. Maybe they did. Don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of remakes we don't necessarily need, that's where I think, like, the Halloween reboots have done it well is they got John Carpenter. Not only did they get John Carpenter's, like, blessing to do them, they got him to do the music he doesn't even make Well yeah. Theater. He's
2: just like in a band. No, I mean he just plays music and uh plays video games, <laughs> He's right? The like, coolest he, guy like ever it, I love it and you know there's something interesting about him because he re, you know he scored almost all of his films. Right. Uh except for the thing which was by uh-huh. um uh, Morconi, right? The uh, like the famous like spaghetti western mm-hmm. uh music guy. Uh that's the way that they talk about it officially. Forgetting Western <laughs> music, right? uh, but the uh, but you know it's it's so interesting that, but he created I think, the, his most John Carpenter soundtrack like it doesn't feel like one of his soundtracks. It's interesting, so it's like mm-hmm. he couldn't do it, so he hired somebody to kind of do him.
0: Right, man. It's John Carpenter is such a creative like, it's insane. I just love him. Yeah, the, the way he thinks about things and goes about making movies is super interesting and it's i mean he never does it the same but it also always feels like a carpenter movie you know like escape from new york and halloween couldn't be further from each other but you can also tell who makes them
2: well i think it's like we're talking about this idea of like a director who really loves directing right Mm -hmm. this idea of like i want to make something cool i want to make something schlocky like and i think there's there's um like schlocky to me has like a negative connotation. Like I've really gone in on this idea that like, you know, when people say, um, oh, it feels like uh, Frank Capra-esque, that's kind of like a dig. But if you actually watch a Frank Capra movie, they're biting, they're clever, they're smart, they're satirical. But we say it like, oh, Frank Capra, that's like schmaltzy, like too emotional, like it's, you know, whatever. It just feels like a, a lifetime movie. And that's not what Frank Capra is, and like I think like schlocky, to me, now just means like, oh, it, it's it is made poorly. But I think when I think about schlocky, I think about like it's this idea of like these cool genre movies. Like it's like there is a little bit of like we're just, like you know here the New York is over. It's like they're very much like these um, grindhouse movies. Like you right. know, um, and I think that like John Carpenter made. Elevated grindhouse, mm. and 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 I think that people don't they now they realize how good it is at the end, but it's slasher films and they live and you know a, you know a uh, big trouble in little China. where I was talking about this the other day uh, when we were doing that episode, and it's like I was nervous to watch it because I was like, oh shit, this is going to be like really offensive and it's not going to age well. <laughs> and then what you actually watch is, no, he's so far ahead of the curve. It's like taking down the white man as a hero, like he continually fucks up everything he does nothing right he is not talented or good and everyone around him or who are not white men are essentially like saving the day and it's like oh wow like that was something that you didn't necessarily see you know back then and there's you know um so he like he wasn't just doing like you could make these like big crazy things in that movie it's like an eye is like running down the hallway but they it feels like anything can happen like a grindhouse movie but they're elevated and they have these themes like we're talking about here like whether or not it was the you know i think aids definitely played an element in in what's going on on screen or or why it resonates with people or you know so i think it's like he is i think making these movies at last because they're he's imbuing them with something that actually has some weight
0: Mm mm-hmm um yeah the grindhouse stuff is perfect to describe this I, I saw a bunch of uh reviews that said it's one of the best b movie, B movies ever made which yeah you know,
2: B movie, really is movie is a great yeah and that and that's and that's Kurt Russell too Kurt Russell's a B movie actor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know um and I think we look at him a little bit differently now but it's like you know we're t- you know it's he's a the whole thing I think just feels more schlocky but I mean when you look at or yeah B movie it's like when you look at his thing it's like Assault on Precinct 13, Halloween, you know, The Fog, Escape from New York, The Thing, Christine, Starman, Big Trouble in Little China, Prince of Darkness, They Live, uh, you know, Memoirs of Invisible Man, like a Chevy Chase comedy, like, you know, In the Mouth of Madness, Escape from L.A., Village of the Damned, Vampires, Ghost of Mars. It's like they're all, everything, you can't even, you can't even put it in a box. It's just like, they're not all, they're not even all weird world movies. They're just like, they all just go in different directions.
0: Yeah. Kurt Russell being a Grindhouse, you know, B-movie actor is perfect. There's a reason Quentin Tarantino cast him in Grindhouse, you know. Yeah. Just that era of movies, that was the guy to go to, you know.
2: Yeah. He was, you know, he's trying to elevate it. I think what people realize is like, oh, that's kind of what we want. Like he he has everything that you would want from a Harrison Ford. Mm. But like he just didn't get those Harrison Ford movies. Right.
0: I mean, he is, like, a, a poor man's Harrison Ford is a pretty good... Even though he's not, like, that's not what he is, but I imagine that's a great way to describe him, even though I yeah, think he's, he's not, talented.
2: He, yeah, like, but, I think, like, if, like, not to say that he would be Indiana Jones, no. but if he was in a movie that had the resonance of Indiana Jones, he would be Harrison Ford. Like, he would... Right. And I think he... And by the way, his career is amazing, and he definitely yeah. has elevated himself out of that thing, but I think there was a period of time where he was kind of more existing in... um in these movies that were that you know coming out of Disney and trying to like break into this other thing you know it wasn't until a little bit later that i think he really like switched over into you know the a bigger you know you know i don't know like he's doing captain ron and tango and cash but then backdraft and it's like oh backdraft that feels like that's that feels like it's the right thing or tombstone like those feel like the right thing but then stargate but that oh that is that like or maybe that would work i don't know you know it's like it's just all back and forth. It's all over the place.
0: And then he plays a character named Snake Plissken. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, that's which is also like a top five movie name of all time. Oh, the best. <laughs> um, but, you know, and that's you know, bringing it back around to the critical reception. That is what's so interesting to me is how this movie has become such an essential, like in like store, how to tell a story and how to create drama. Like it's been talked about in like film classes I take and like how to set up and pay off stuff, you know, like, yeah, which is it's. We talk about how Carpenter went out with the intention to kind of make, you know, grindhouse movies. You know, this isn't, it's art, but it's not trying to be better than what it is, you know? It's not trying to be the greatest movie ever made, but with a lot of his movies in particular, it's something that has created a lasting legacy and has been inspiration for like so many up and coming directors.
1: Do you guys think, yeah, really, do you guys think if The Thing came out today? Would it do well, or receive be received well? Mm-hmm. That's tough. Sp- it's like, tricky, right? You right? got to figure out who's gonna direct mm. it,
2: or who you know who's making that kind of right. a thing. I don't know. It does depend
1: on who's behind it.
2: But I mean, look, like I would say that like Knives Out wouldn't, like, in the grand scheme of the world, a movie like Knives Out shouldn't have worked because it's a real throwback to like old like drawing room murder mystery movies. But Ryan Johnson, who's like kind of a, a, a savant at like understanding how to do that, like it, it connects, right? Like it, it works. So it's always interesting to be like, what works? And you can say like, well, the thing didn't work in 2011, but it's not the story. It, it's yeah, it's the right alchemy. I always feel like everything's like the right alchemy.
0: Right. But the, the thinking about it for me, even besides, you know, who directs, who stars, the story of it, I think right now, I don't think would be received very well because, you know, with COVID and everything and the idea of having to look at somebody out of the side of their eye cuz you don't know what they have or whatever. I, but like, well,
2: don't you think that that's don't you think that that would be why it would connect more?
0: I think there's two ways it can go. Is that it's either people don't want this in movies because it depends on how it's done too, of course, but like if you're if you're getting hit over the head with like a covid analogy, like it's something right. that I don't want. Like yeah. I, like people don't, don't want covid see a movies mask or in a or movie like
2: but yeah. like, but I think but I think it's sort of like this is the version of it where it's like, this comes out in time of AIDS. There's nothing in here that makes you feel like this is an AIDS movie. <laughs> right. right. Like, you know, uh, but you watch that movie like Songbird or whatever, that Michael Bay produced COVID movie. And it's like, oh, we're in COVID. You know, like the movies that feel like they're leaning into COVID, I think as long as you take it off the table, like that's why I think Get Out works. Is like Get Out works as a horror movie, but it's also making a bigger statement. If you just want to enjoy the horror, you can. I think that that's what you need uh, that's kind of what you need i don't know i mean yeah i don't i, I don't know if people would be smart enough to be like oh it's a covid thing maybe they would
0: i feel like right now like i feel like whatever studio gets a hold of it would like try to make you like let you know it's a covid thing you know i feel like that yeah that's gonna be a thing in movies that i already know is gonna happen and i'm gonna hate it i'm, I'm <laughs> and the creatures
1: would that. definitely be a CGI.
2: yeah, yeah. exactly
0: didn't they do? And this is so off topic, but um, I don't know if you watched the show Superstore. I'm pretty sure their last season they did it like with masks, like in the store and stuff. And I was like, keep Oh, that did out. they keep that away from mine? Keep that away from yeah. My neck, well, I don't want it.
2: but then it's also like then people are like oh, I don't like this new season of you because they pretend like the that we're out. And it's like, well, what do you want? Like what? Like yeah. I I don't know if I want to see masks like in movies. Like why? Like it dates it in a weird way too. Um. um
0: with black, yeah. did y'all film the new season of Black Monday in COVID, or was it filmed before?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. We were like right before even vaccinations were mm. really oh, in really. the mix. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, you know, and you know, sets I would argue are incredibly, um, like, are incredibly protective because there's so much right. money at stake. So, like, I think its sets are going to stay this way for a long time. And I think it's one of the most protective places I've ever been because I'm getting tested every day. There's labs on set. It's, it's really nuts. Did COVID affect the writing of that show at all? Um, you know, not really. Because um, it, like, we, the way it affected the filming was we knew we had some limitations of what we could mm-hmm. do. Um, but what we were able to do early on was we hired about like 25 or 30 extras, our background performers who stayed with us for the entire season and we just kind of switched them up. And Uh, so they were on the same testing schedule as us. So like we were able to do bigger scenes. And if you really look closely, I'm sure you could spot that they're the same ones, (laughs) uh, over and over and over again.
0: Uh, That's, that's a very, very smart
2: idea. But I guess what I'm saying is like right now, the way that the way that we shot black monday is not very different than the way sets are at this moment right right some things are a little bit better like right now there but like you still like you know you talk about a craft service table where people are kind of gathering and mm-hmm. get food and stuff that's not really a part of things but there are things that are different now people don't have to wear protective goggles on set because they're realizing okay covid is not coming in through the eyes <laughs> or you know uh, people don't yeah. have to wear plastic gloves you know i was on a set where people were literally putting on um, uh, like surgical smocks, but to to adjust your wardrobe and stuff like that. So like like the, like things have eased, mm. but overall, like it's sort of like it's overall looks the same. It's just like pieces of it have fallen away.
1: Yeah, there's like a COVID teams, right? And like COVID PAs that yeah.
2: kind of just manage all that. Oh yeah, there's everything. It's you know you're getting tested. There's COVID PAs. You're keeping your mask on. You're not taking your mask off until the very end. You're not doing table reads with a bunch of people. You know you're limiting you know everyone's in these zones um you know uh it's very it's very smart and protected and they know because it's it's you know it's hundreds of thousands of dollars in livelihood right. and everything like they you know that's
0: yeah wow i did not know i didn't know the extent to it i'm sure there was i i was sure there was a lot of that but that's really interesting yeah. to hear about um jacob you got any thoughts as a first time viewer on the thing like any I'm, just per- anything that really stood out to you
1: i mean obviously the creature designs that was the most horrifying part for me um the creatures i felt It felt like so ugly like they really came from like hell almost yeah
2: um yeah well like yeah, isn't that there's a cool thing that's like you can do something that feels so unique and weird and like like it doesn't feel like like a clover field kind of right mode. like i think we've gotten into such a tentacle world mm-hmm. where everything's like tentacles and slimy and slippery it's like this is like I don't even know how to describe it's it. It's like, it's like bones and like oh. yeah, viscera. It's like yeah.
0: Um what's uh, what's everyone's uh, scariest monster thing monster? I think mine's oh god. I think mine might be the head that falls off and scampers away on spider legs. That one gave mm, me the TBGBs.
2: Ooh, yeah, that's a that's a creepy one. Um the one where like they're the
1: performing home. CPR on the guy and the chest explodes oh, out the, and pushes oh. in. Oh, oh yeah.
2: That was tough to watch. By the way, like I, I love that, like you know, like you have these two, like this chest burster in both movies, Alien and and yeah. in, uh, you know, it's great.
0: <laughs> that was another big thing that I was thinking about, like why was this chest burst okay, but this one wasn't. That was it's such a weird. I need to look at that more. Weird
2: you know, I think it, You know what a monster I really like too. I don't know. We like, I, it, the one that was like a head. Like on a giant neck, it was almost like a spider, but the head was like and the blood shooting test? off to the la- yeah. Is mm. that the one where the head goes like that? Yeah, yeah, where the- it
0: like opens up and like eats the guy in front of him with the flamethrower. Is that the one you're talking about? I think oh, so. Yes, are you are
2: you talking about the doctor at the end when he's building the spaceship? I'm, I'm I'm talking about like it's like it's like I'm gonna try to find it online a little bit. It's like, uh, geez, it looks like a neck with a head. I mean, it's I mean, look. When you, I'm even looking at these pictures. It's so kind of crazy. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a giraffe neck with a human head, and like, uh, you know, like like lobster leg. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. You can really yeah. tell yeah. how I'm much gonna... like
1: creative effort they put into these monsters. Yeah. <sighs> um. Another yeah, thing. Yeah. Not not a monster. Oh, I
0: see what you're talking about. Um,
1: Sorry. <laughs> the the Bennings, Peter Maloney, when he starts screaming, and you can kind of hear like the other voices, like the monster voices inside his yeah. scream. I thought that was so well done and horrifying. It also reminded me of the uh the newer movie Annihilation, Alex Garland's Annihilation with the uh bear scene. Um yeah. The bear scene. I feel like that took a lot of inspiration from the thing because the bear kind of Oh yeah. took a lot of like the voices and whatever else. I love else. Annihilation. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. Um but yeah, I saw a lot of resemblance there.
0: I still need to watch that one. Um I was looking into like and this I don't I don't think this is stuff that John Carpenter really thought about. I think it's been thought about by other people but um, I was looking into, like, the hist- like the lore of it or whatever, tr- trying to understand more about what the thing actually is. And, like, there's all these thoughts that, like, you know, in the prequel movie, when you see it, like, in its actual form under the ice, they're like, that might not even be what it is because who's to say it hasn't been in all these other worlds and, like, hasn't lived forever. And, like, that's well, why it here's to like build a spaceship and all this stuff. It's crazy. He,
2: but this is, like, what I'm talking about, about... Um... You know, who cares? Right. Like, you know, like, and I think that there's something, not not you, like, I'm not saying that to you, no. but I'm saying, like, you know, like, but, like this is the kind of shit that we get caught up in. It's like, this movie is good enough that I'm not asking that question. It's like, something crazy came from outer space, and this is it. I don't need to know. No. Let the mystery be. creatures. Yeah, I don't need to know, like, oh, there are a planet of spiders. Right. What the fuck. No. Like I, like, I just, like, you know, it's like, and I think that, like if it was and i and you just saw the 2011 version like do they go into explaining it more and more is like that is that fulfilling i don't know if it's fulfilling is midichlorians fulfilling like like or is it just cooler to be like the force what's the force i don't know so we got it
0: jacob and i have had this conversation on previous podcasts about stuff like i'm very much in the camp of like if it's cool just let it be cool like might like let michael myers just be an unkillable monster like that can yeah. get shot 6 times in the chest and stand back up cuz who cares? And then make Halloween 2, two years later. But, like, I think that this is something that, speaking of the Corians, I think it's something that kind of came from the prequels because, like, when the originals came out, the Emperor was just an evil dude. You didn't know anything about right. him. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then when the whole Snoke thing happened and then he was just killed and everybody was so mad, I was, like, talking to my friends. I was like, why do we have to know who he is? Like, you didn't know who the Emperor was? Like, and then the prequels came out it kind of ruined a lot of stuff I feel like everything Ooh. needs a backstory.
2: well I think like it, it actually does a little disservice as a film goer because you leave these things and you can have that like, I think that again the conversation that's fun is oh, what do you think it is oh I think it's that oh what do you think it is right. uh, oh yeah that or this and and then you can debate it but then something comes out and goes actually it's this mm. you're like oh okay yeah. there's no discussion yeah yeah
0: it's 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 boring i mean it's it kind of ruins the fun of it yeah for sure
2: you know and but but again you can do something cool and i think you see this in the star wars comic books i love the star mm-hmm. wars and marvel comic books and they've done some great backstory like there's a great uh comic book called like vader down and it's like vader is in a fight and he he crashes his tie fighter on this planet and it's basically like He's crashing this planet, people are just out to kill him. And he's just like just trying to survive to get from you know, to get back to safety. Um, there are stories that you can tell that I mean, that's not a backstory, but there are moments in there that you see elements or they explain certain things, they make things better and but I also think there's a dumbing down of stuff too. Like I I, I I'm in the camp that I really loved Ryan Johnson's um Star Wars because I, I was like You know, as like, he just was like, fuck this, this, none of this stuff makes sense that you just set up. I'm going to like start to like break it down and like do it my own and, and, and kind of make some choice, like, I guess like make some choices, but it like, it didn't dilute anything. It kind of made like, like, yeah, kill Snoke. Who is this guy? Like, let's like, let's focus things. And I don't know. I think it's a, it's, it's, it's hard because I think the wanted, like people think like, oh, everyone loves this element. So we're going to explain it and then people will love it more. And it's like, that's not really what it is. Right. It's like, you know, you don't want to see a movie about Kaiser Soze where it's like, this is how he became <sighs> a liar <woman>. People <laughs> yeah. actually were really mean to him, you know, and then, and, and his, his whole life he's been lying. It's like, it's like, I do Yeah. So I feel it's, about this new
1: uh, Willy Wonka movie coming out. Like, who
2: cares? Well, that's it. It's like, and let, and, but if you can do a prequel that tells something, it's like, it's like, is the backstory enough? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, it's like, like, like I, there's a reason why you take, the, you do these stories or you jump in at this moment, um, to tell a story. Like, you know, it's like, well, yeah, we fast forwarded through all that. Cause it's, we wanted to start here. Like, you know, this is, this is the interesting, right. Thing. You know, um, like I think the Godfather too, obviously is a, does a great job. I think that right. Casino Royale does a great job of doing what you want from a James Bond movie, but kind of rebooting it a little bit as well. Or, you know, it, it's, you know, I don't know, it's, it's hard, it's hard to, like, you know, I think it's the reason, like, The Hobbit, like, was so long and boring, yeah. it was like, it's like, oh, well, now we've just, like, you had a short story, if you made one great movie, a 90-minute movie about that thing, it may have been good, I don't know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. tricky, it's, it's hard.
0: The prequel is, it, I mean, that's, but, I mean, that's what it is now, is, like, the big franchises and all the IP is gonna get choked to death, so we're gonna get all these backstories and stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's the way it's heading. Um, and if it's done well, I'll watch it. And if not, I'll yell at it into a podcast microphone about it. Well, look, yeah, <laughs> I mean,
2: look, I will, I will watch Bumblebee any day of the week. Bumblebee is like so much better than I think some of the Transformers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know. But I, I, but I don't need to see like the Oz Great and Powerful, mm-hmm. right? Right. Like I don't care, like you know, like, do I need, But like Rogue One, I've actually grown to really love Rogue yeah. One. I oh, like I Rogue One is cool, too. you know. And I'm like, that's great, like cool. But Alien Covenant, not so much. It's like I don't. Now you're explaining too much about this stuff. Right. You yeah. know. It's
0: it's it's a very like pick and choose your battles and be able to tell a good. It has to be a good, well thought out story and like make sure you take your time about it. You know. Yeah.
2: But absolutely.
0: That doesn't always necessarily happen. Sometimes it's just pumping out a movie to get to the next one.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just saying it's saying like, do people like? It's it's the most unimaginative thing. It's like people it's like it's like movies by your by your parents it's like people like emperor we should make a movie about emperor like you know it's like it's like oh well you know sometimes a person that you like the most from a thing is a side character and you like the side character just because they're it's a treat to see them so it's not like oh let me get a whole thing of the side character even though that would you know it's like but they better call Saul great example of that like you know uh but it's who knows it's, it's, it's all in the right hands or the wrong hands, but, mm-hmm. you know, and figuring out what the, what the, you know, what stories um, you want to tell. Yeah.
0: All right. I think that just about wraps it up. Paul, do you have anything that you want to promote real quick?
2: Get- no. Um, if you, uh, no, yeah. If you like talking about movies that check out, uh, unspooled or how Did This get made on wherever you get your podcasts and, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what will be out right now. Um, oh, and yeah, you can check out all of season one and season two of Lower Decks on Paramount Plus. Uh, I play Lieutenant Billups in that show.
0: Nice. All right. And then, yeah. real quick, I'm not going to let you go without asking a Clippers question. Uh, yeah. Do you think they're going over or under 44, 44 and a half wins? That's the like what the line's at right now. For the Clippers.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about this. Hmm. You know, we're recording this before the season has started. Right. So I want to see how everyone's going to gel. But as a Clipper fan, I'm going to say let's, let's bet on the positive side. Let's bet on the positive side of this equation. I think, they have, I think they have a lot of talent. And if it gels the right way, we're going to be in good shape. I'm excited to see what Justice Winslow brings to the table. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it's going to be a gritty year where teams are going to come in and think they're going to beat the Clips. And they're not going to be that scared of the Clips like they have been in the last two years, or coming to play their best game, and I think the Clips are going to take games mm-hmm. because of that. Because you know, in the in the past, like we've had this like that idea, of, like the canoes, like all the people who come in right. off the bench, you know. And our and our canoes now are good. really good. Our canoes are great, and and I do think I'm bummed that Kawhi will not be there for the beginning of the season. You know, hopefully we'll get him back, but it's like. But I also love that it defines a leader for the team. And if that leader is Paul George and what he is able to do in the playoffs last year and, and get the team to rally around him, uh, you know that actually, I think, simplifies some of the equation. And I think when Kawhi comes back, it will actually make the fit better because I think Kawhi is a better Robin than he is a Batman, even though it's like Kawhi is a, a Robin. This is a, I'm really mixing all my metaphors, but... I think Kawhi acts like a Robin, but scores like a Batman. Yeah. So it's almost like if Paul George yeah. can be the Batman face and and be the Robin score or whatever it is, it's like I don't think he like Kawhi doesn't want to take the franchise on his shoulders. I think he, you need like that Kyle Lowry. You need somebody else to be like the front man. He's just again a great supporting player who is equal to like LeBron James, which yeah. is a crazy thing to say, but he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that personality and. But it's good, you know, I think to give that that voice to everybody else so they're not embarrassed or shy about it, so he can kind of fit into their system.
0: Yeah, he's – that makes – I was very confused where you were going with the Robin thing at first. But, yeah, he definitely has the more quiet background personality. But, um, yeah, you just need a face for the franchise.
2: Yeah.
0: But I mean, I feel like in the locker room, uh, Kawhi's probably a little bit more vocal. I think he's super. I, I so. think
2: he's getting, but I think it's all about him getting comfortable and feeling good. And I feel like the team now is like what he wants the team to be. I think that they made those choices. And I'm so bummed to miss Pat Bev, but yeah. I also love how young the team is. I'm I'm excited. I'm all really excited. I can't wait. I can't wait for it to happen.
0: Yeah, I'm very very excited. Um.
2: Um. Well, great guys. Okay. Just um, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming thank on. You for
0: coming on. We'll let you run out of here.
2: And anytime. Have a great day.
0: Talk to you. Bye. All right. So quick wrap up here from us. That was, so we had two weeks in a row where we chose the movies and we didn't get a poll out, but we will be returning with a poll now uh, and keeping our themes going. And this week is going to be cult and religious movies, something that Jacob and I very much enjoy. And the movies of the week for this week are going to be Midsummer. The Witch, Suspiria, and Carrie, just to get one classic in there. Yep. And you can vote on our Twitter, as usual. Yep, at ABC Movie Show. That was really great having Paul on. He was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. He's he's a very funny guy. You can tell he is like a, a real movie buff too.
1: So really passionate oh my about God. this stuff.
0: Yeah. His unspooled podcast is he I we talked about it a couple times. It's so good. It, it he, and he does it with uh, Amy Nicholson, who's a really good uh, movie critic that I like a lot. Mm-hmm. And she's fantastic. And they're a great combo on there. Yeah, I'll have to check out more. We'll get, we'll get there one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited for next week. I love, you know, I, I think religion and horror movies is always a very interesting topic.
1: Yeah, this will be a great uh, send-off for Halloween.
0: Oh, we got No, we're going to have one more after that, aren't we? Oh, we do. Or did... I think, oh, that will be week four, won't it? Yeah, it'll be the last week. Oh yeah, I forgot that we had to switch things around scheduling. Uh, well, I'm glad we got our slasher in last week. All right, well, that's all I have. You got anything? Got any notes left, Jacob? No, it's a fun time with Paul here today. Yep. All right. Till next time. See you next time. See you next time, buddy.